My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> well, welcome to Our Sunday School. If you got your Bibles, head over to Mark. Uh, we are... We are dangerously close to finishing a chapter in Mark, so there's, it very likely will not happen today, so don't get your hopes up, but, um, but it should happen before Easter, so that's good. So we have started for the last couple of weeks uh, with this question that is highlighted on the top of your handout, and the, the handout is especially thick today because it is intended to be the handout for at least this week and next week, so... So hang on to your handout at the end of today's lesson, put it in your Bible or in your copy of Mark, and we'll uh, use it again next week, very likely. But this question at the top there, it says, what is God doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark we've studied so far? So let's chat. So what is God? Yes, Miss Darla? Yes. And I, for myself and my own head, one day I was driving my husband here that week, and I was thinking about one of the reasons why it appeared so uh, authoritative to them, and please don't laugh, but I related it to the Joe Hardy video, which Jesus is outside of the Joe Hardy yeah. video. Yeah. He doesn't have what's unknown to him. Right. That's good. Right. Beautiful Savior. So if you're teaching about yourself and you're Jesus Christ, you're not going to be wrong. You're not going to step out on your <laughs> I feel like we should just say Selah right there. <laughs> Think about that one for a minute. Like my head feels the same way it did after I saw Inception for the first time. <laughs> so like, and the great thing is that Darla has no idea what I'm talking about when I say Inception for the first time. It was a movie. It was a really hard movie to understand. But I, I love the way that you're looking at this, that Jesus is just different. He is our substitute. He is our representation. But he is different. Boy, that's beautiful. Nobody would be intimidated if you had something too, but who's that? <laughs> Who else? What's God teaching? What's he doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark we've studied so far? Yes, ma'am. Thank you, darling. Yes. Right. 
should be hearing that talk yet. Uh, I've got a lot of kids and a lot of bad things. I've got Wiccans, I've got Antichrist followers, wow. whatever that means uh, in their mind. Right. Uh, I mean, it's just been kind of crazy. Yeah. And I've always thought that teaching was my mission. And, you know, so Thank you for that. Anyway, um, I feel like I'm supposed to stay so I can touch my lepers. And the other thing was uh, in this mm. chapter, the amount of dem- demonic possession. And it said, how, and I, this was my question, how does become the norm? Or could this have been amped up because of Jesus' appearance as a preacher? Right. And I think about how seeing as a preacher is coming back. And just all of the crazy things I'm seeing yep. um, with my students. Just their thought processes. Now, there are Christian kids who have shared their testimonies with me and their writing teacher, which has been incredible. Yeah. Um, and has made me, I got to use them to say, stay. Wow. Praise the Lord. So thank you for being a believer who is willing to take the light into dark places. Um, yeah. Wow. Right. Somebody else? Sorry, I saw the dolphin move and I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. think so several of you have asked me and we will I will I will try to pose the question in a very specific way toward the end of today's lesson but several of you have asked me uh, because you have either experienced uh, something similar or you have been very frustrated as you read through Mark with all of the people that Jesus tells shut up to I'll just paraphrase right Um, I guess I have done this amazing wondrous thing in your life Uh, don't tell anybody keep this quiet and the, the single most common question I have gotten from you guys about Mark so far is, why did Jesus tell everybody to be quiet? And I think the answer is actually in the text, but I don't know that it's in the text in a way that we like to see things in the text. Um, the, and we'll look a little bit more at that, but I think some of that pacing in Mark is pushing us and pushing us and pushing us toward what's next and what's next and what's next. So I'm going to piggyback on what Darla said in that Jesus knows how all of this, like what we are in and obviously what he was in, is going to turn out. Um, And when you know all things, you can behave differently. Uh, and, And it's a beautiful thing to watch him and how excruciatingly patient he is with all of us and all the people that we can relate to in the scripture who don't know it all and who think we do and um, I'm excited to ask this question today so so with that let's jump into Mark chapter 1 and I intentionally left that a little bit fuzzy for you Josh so you're welcome Uh, so one other thing, um, I have tried 
to resist the urge to answer your questions as we go through Mark. And it is, I'm a, I'm a recovering know-it-all. <laughs> Watching my wife's face on this. Um, Jesus did something really interesting when he was teaching. And when people would come up and ask him a question. What was his typical response when people asked him a question? He asked them a question back. Right. And some of you got to experience that this week when you ask questions, and I will try to ask a question back. And, and it can be... So if you read the Bible as a non-Christ follower, and you just watch the way Jesus interacts with people verbally, every once in a while you can get the idea that he's a bit of a jerk. And I say that with as much love as I can muster because he was not always, oh, thank you so much for your question. That is wonderful. Yay. The most common question that Jesus asks in the Bible is, have you not read the Bible? <laughs> Which, if you asked me a question this morning and I responded, have you not read your Bible? How to cut your Sunday school class in half. <laughs> and then I came back next week and did it again and again and again and again. Like, whew. Right? But he's driving them towards something. Which ultimately drives them toward him. To make a decision about him. It's this masterful teaching mechanism that he uses. And then I think, Darla, you, you might have hit the nail on the head here. He knows it all, right? And he knows it's all about him. Uh, Mitch, yes, sir. Most of the people that came to him for questions, they want some sort of question. That's right. And so his answer. And he knew which ones were which, right? <laughs> it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. You know, you talk about. Uh, it's beautiful. Right. And then we look for them to uh, develop a certain amount of command and control yep. where now they ask us a question to dive in and try and try and kind of pull teeth about what we know or don't know to help them find the <coughs> reference we're referring to. Right. So I mean I think that, that that have you not read the Bible can also be a really eye opening to questions to, uh, to make you go <clears throat> very much and we saw that quite often right he would he would ask a question and Jesus would ask this question back and they would have more questions and and he always got Jesus always got to the root of the issue with some heart problem right some heart problem so let's jump into Mark chapter 1 I'm going to read Mark chapter 1 in its entirety and then we will start with verse 35 uh, and so before I usually don't do this before we read, but today's text, as you'll see kind of as we read through Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 35, follows an extremely busy day for Jesus. And we spent a couple of weeks looking at this. 
Like you would never schedule a day with this much stuff going on. And you certainly wouldn't put these things in a single day. Uh, but I want you to notice what he does the following day in verse 35. So let's start with uh, Mark chapter 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever. And immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And the fever left her. And she began to serve them. And that evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. 
And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. And moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news, so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. What an amazing Savior. He just, it's just unbelievable who he is and what he does. So, Jesus has a busy day, right? You've ever had a busy day casting out demons and preaching in the synagogue and doing amazing things? And <laughs> Maybe not a busy day that looked like that, right? Maybe. Healing the sick. So after you have a really busy day, what do you want to do the next morning, Tim? I want to sleep in, dang it. <laughs> right? So we sleep in. Does he sleep in? Dang it. No. So if you want a verse to use out of context for your kids, <laughs> Mark 135. <laughs> Jesus got up early. You can do it too. Pretty sure this was told to me more than once growing up. <clears throat> It'll teach me not to read the Bible in context. So verse 35 on your handout. And rising very early, this literally means it's in the dark, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate. And the word for desolate is just lonesome or lonely, a wasteful place. It's a place where nobody else goes. This is a place where he could be alone. Um, so let me, let me ask you, so how many chapters are we in to Mark already? One. How many times has Jesus gone out to a lonely place? It's open book. This makes two, right? So if you do something twice, if you see a character do something twice in one chapter the first time you meet him, it feels like something that this is kind of normal for him. He goes out to a desolate place, and there he took a nap, right? Because you want to get a good nap in, you got to be where it's quiet. <laughs> Not quite. There he prayed. Now, I know many of you very, very well, and I know that many of you have had uh, traumatic events in your lives that have drained you physically, that have, you've had long days, and when, if you have ever tried, after you are tired, because remember, he's 100% human too, after you are tired, to go out by yourself and to pray, praying when you are tired, as the disciples modeled for us in the New Testament, is not an easy thing to do, right? And I'm not throwing anybody, like, I love the disciples. They, if, if they didn't ask... <laughs> Those questions, 
I mean, Jesus used those questions to help teach us about himself in ways that are just beautiful. But praying when you are tired is really hard. So I will raise my hand first. Has anybody ever fallen asleep praying? Okay, good. I'm not alone. That makes me feel much better. <laughs> um, like it is, it is just challenging. So does the text in Mark 135 say he fell asleep while he was praying? And this is, this again, I think is kind of, of a precursor to the disciples' question later on in the Gospels where they ask him, Lord, teach us to... Yeah. There's something different about the way he did this. Uh, if you remember, um, uh, one of the post... I should have looked the reference up. One of the post-resurrection uh, events with Jesus is, you know, it was, it was pretty common that he would show up and nobody would know who he was until he did something very specifically. What was it that he did? Until he prayed. And then the disciples who were around him realized, oh, no, 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 this is Jesus. <laughs> right? Because there was something different about the way that he prayed. Jim Miles said something <coughs> Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Do we have any evidence in the scripture of Jesus sleeping peacefully when everybody else was losing losing their ever loving mind? Yes. So, in case you were thinking, Milo just pulled this out of thin... No, 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 no. This is well-versed in the Scripture, and your natural response to something is like, well, I know this about Jesus. Yeah. He's okay. Because he's literally holding the universe together while he's asleep, too. And my mind just is like, ah. <laughs> I don't have a box to put that in. Right? Terry Bolden taught a lesson. I'm going to say it was probably... Nine years ago, eight or nine years ago, and he was talking about Jesus and how the Jewish leaders had already a preconceived idea of exactly what they were looking for. And some of you may remember this lesson. He was standing literally right here when he said it. And he said uh, he had a broom and he had a box. And he says, and the Jewish leaders have this box that they expect the Messiah to fit into. And here comes Jesus, and he goes, he picks up this broom, and he tries to put the broom in the box, and he's like, the broom doesn't fit, so what do you do with something that doesn't fit? And he literally just threw the broom behind him. He said, you throw it away, and you disregard it, and you keep looking for what should go in your box. And I don't, I honestly don't remember what Terry said after that, because I just couldn't get past the, like, wow, okay. So when we experience this God who can sleep peacefully because he's done the Father's will flawlessly and demonstrate and be the example to get up early and to pray for his disciples. Um, it's beautiful. It's unexpected. And it's wonderful. Yes, ma'am. This is true. What we're going to see as we go through Mark is we're going to see Jesus do very un-Jesus-y things. Because we forget how 
um, how tame we make this lion of the tribe of Judah. And I'm going to do my best not to put him in a box or to put a leash on him uh, because Satan is a roaring lion, but there's somebody holding his leash. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. This is spiritual warfare. So he, he has, so far in chapter 1, uh, he has shown us an example of doing the Father's will. He has shown us an example of uh, baptism. He has shown us an example of how to respond to temptation. He has shown us an example of uh, having a clear message and staying on point that the gospel is the key. He has shown us an example of how to... Um, uh, call and uh, evangelize. He has shown us an example of how to deal with demonic possession. He has shown us an example of uh, how to remain calm in the face of crazy, right? He has shown us an example of how to heal. He has shown us an example of how to preach. And then here he is showing us an example of how to pray. We're just in chapter one. We're actually we're not finished with chapter one. <laughs> and forget what I said about this being the handout for this week and next week. It's probably going to be the handout for the next two weeks. So just FYI. All right, verse thirty-six. And Simon, <clears throat> who's leading the pack? Simon Peter, right? <laughs> Simon Peter and those who were with him searched for him. So. So what does the text imply that Jesus did not do? Jesus did not tell them where he was going. But they did find him, right? So they hunted him down, and they found him. And they said to him, what? Everybody's looking for you. Why would everybody be looking for him? Verse 28, right? And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. Everybody knew about him, right? He's a well-known guy at this point. Verse 38, And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may, what? Preach. So he says this in verse 14 of chapter 1. Again, we're going to go back to verse 14 and 15 quite a bit. After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled, kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. That was his message. He wanted to go into the next towns and say the words, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. Now let's talk for just a second about disciples and rabbis. Because I, I want to make sure that you get the disciples' uh, error in verse 36. Um, the disciple really had one job. It, it really was not much more complicated than just one job. You were to follow the rabbi. If the rabbi did it, 
you were to do it. Your whole job was to become just like the rabbi so that you then one day could go get disciples that you could train to become like the rabbi so that they could get disciples. This is this perpetual training, becoming process. So the fact that they lose track of him in verse 36 is really, really bad. There was a blessing that was pronounced at this time uh, on different people. And one of the the blessings uh, for a disciple was that may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. The idea being that you are following so close that whatever dust the rabbi is kicking up is getting on you. So the fact that they didn't know, like they lost track of him, meant that they could not be mimicking him at that time. Um, If you go to Israel today, you will see uh, rabbinical disciples following their rabbi. And I don't want to get too gross here, but if the rabbi goes to the restroom, the disciples go to the restroom. Like it's, we're going to do... Yes, Tim, that's exactly right. When somebody told me this, I was like, that's kind of weird. Okay. Okay. We'll just, well, that's... have you been in the Army or the military? Yeah. Sergeant told people to go. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you got permission, right? That was the... So they lose track of him in verse 36. And those who were with him searched for him. And they found him. And they said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, I can't believe you lost me. What are you doing? You evil disciples. You're horrible. You've failed. You'll never live up. Because that's what they should have expected. And that's not what they got. What they got was, let's go. Which I think is a fantastic message. Let's go on to the next towns that I may preach there also. See, he had more exampling to do for them. Is exampling a word? I think I just, I think I just made it up. I, I've got a decision. The decision is a thumbs down, but we're going to roll with it. Does that work? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, we can. <laughs> as long as word doesn't give me the red squiggly line, I'm running with it. So that's the, that's my. <laughs> and oh, by the way, if you ever find a, a a spelling error, or let me rephrase this: when you find spelling errors on our Sunday school handouts. Just please let me know, because there's so many Greek words in here, it's impossible to do a spell. Like, spell check just breaks. It's like, there are, I just keep waiting for Clippy to pop up and go, what are you thinking? This is awful, you know? Sorry, for the young people in the room, that was a really dated reference. Um, I'm sorry. It's like... That's right. I'm thinking, I want breakfast. So I get at this going, wow. Well, that's interesting. So when did when does he feed them breakfast? Yeah, no, that's a, they're walking, man. That's why they lost him. When the no, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> they're picking the heads of grain. No, no, no. Hey, hey, so, so, that's right. When the job was done. Uh, okay. That was good. 
So let's go. On to the next towns that I may preach there. They did eat fish for breakfast, which I, I, I love my Jesus. I'm not going to tell Jesus I don't like this, but I'm trying to find a way to get out of it. It's just, it's just clippers. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. <laughs> so let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also. And don't miss this one. This, this, he's going he's gonna to tell us what he's about. Um, what is he about? For this is why I came out. This is my purpose. So what was his purpose? To preach the good news. Now, some of you might be like, well, I thought Jesus' purpose was to, to be sacrificed for us. What is the good news? The good news is the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? You can't, if, if you want to preach a message and not actually do the work to be able to have the message that you preach be proclaimable? I'm looking for a decision on that one. Probably not. Proclaimable? I got a, I got a shrug. We're going to go with that. So embedded in this, embedded in this declaration of purpose is a completion of the actual mission that he was sent to go do. But preaching was his thing. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he, so the beautiful thing is that he's the only one that could have done it. Right? John preached. Repent and believe. But Jesus did it. <laughs> it's amazing. This is why I came out. And then verse 39 is not, and they stopped and had breakfast. Verse 39 is, and he went throughout all Galilee. Preaching, yes. And do you see the present participle active? This is over and over and over and over and over and over and over. This was his thing. And where did he do it? In the synagogues. Yes, he did. This was his habit. This was his habit to show up at places where there was a copy of at least a portion of the scripture to read that and then to preach. And while he's in the synagogues, <laughs> what else is he doing? Casting out demons. And you're like, so that struck you the same way as it struck me, right, Lynn? You're like, wait, so that's where the demons are? Which, <laughs> which makes you go, wait, what are we about to go do? Is that where the demons are? I don't know. Maybe it is. But I know my Jesus is stronger. I know my Jesus has a message that is far more powerful. And I know the demons know who God is. He's the Holy One of God is how they described him. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful, beautiful demonstration of power and authority. And I'm not going to be distracted with breakfast. <laughs> Sorry, I keep coming back to breakfast, but it was really good. That was so good, Dan. <laughs> yes, ma'am.
Well, they remembered. There was a point in time where they were with the Trinity and were aware of who this is. Uh, Proclaimable is not in the Scrabble Dictionary. Thank you. Who just sent it? Sorry, I get text messages from you guys all nonstop. As you, those of you that like to mess with me, you send me text, and they pop up on my devices up here. So it makes me laugh. Yes, ma'am. I would agree with that. So eating is trivial, even if it's all day, yeah. tomorrow, until that servant gets that on his heart. So what was his pattern back in um, back in verses twelve and thirteen? And remember those are those are parallel passages elsewhere in scripture. So when he was being tempted what was he not doing while he was out there? Yeah. He, he very well, and I'm not trying to read into the text. I'm just saying this was a, you know, the first time that we see Jesus going out and being alone and praying. He is simultaneously fasting. This could be something that he is doing in verse 35. as well. It might not be, but it could be something that he's doing in verse 35 as well. Um, I wouldn't put it past Jesus to be giving us examples, right? I mean, this is... Kind of the way this goes. All right, so let's let's stop there for today, um, and we'll pick up next week in verse forty. Uh, and I don't know who has breakfast next week, um, but <clears throat> we are going to be talking about leprosy. So, um, just for, there will not be pictures. Uh, there will not be pictures. There will not be pictures. I, I more than once in my life have made the mistake of Googling this. Just don't. Okay? That's my, my theological position is just don't Google it. Uh, but we will be talking about some things that are a bit more uh, ugly, graphic, than, thank you, uh, than typical. So uh, maybe eat your breakfast early or after the lesson. I don't know. Whatever... Whatever direction you need to go with that, you're getting a weak warning before we move into that space. So we'll start with verse 40 next week. Um, you've got two things on your tables. Uh, the first is the weekly update. So the sheet with the blue strip across the top. Uh, if you will lean in, engage, and pray over that, that would be fantastic. Um, I have something highlighted again on this. Uh, game night this Friday night. Friday? Friday night? Yes, this Friday night at 6.30 in this room. Um, Miss uh, Thesa is organizing uh, our events this year. I'm so excited. Uh, so all the directions, I believe, are on the... Um, do you bring your games, Miss Thesa? You can bring whatever games... You, well, yes, you should bring games. Um, I don't want to say whatever games you like because I have been to people's houses and played games and I'm like... I don't think Jesus likes this. <laughs> it's not cool. <laughs> so, so let's make sure they're, they're PG or lower. Does that sound good? Because that'd be great. Ish. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> we'll, we'll round down if we need to. So I uh, encourage you to attend that, uh, to come out. Uh, we'll have a Facebook event that you can share and uh, 
uh, accept and all that. But if you'll go ahead and pray as a table, when you are finished, uh, you are dismissed. Thanks for coming to Sunday School today. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.